0: if you would turn with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 15. As I said, we'll begin in Genesis in October. I wanted to take last week and this week to encourage us as a church um, to not grow weary but keep doing what God has called us to do. Last week... We talked about how we live in a world that is always looking and longing for that mythical place on the other side of the proverbial fence where the grass is always greener. And you know how it works. The grass is always greener in their marriage. The grass is always greener in that family. The grass is always greener at that job. The grass is always greener at that church as we saw last week, God promises that the grass is actually always greener and the fruit of the Spirit of Jesus grows, which is even more important, where you and I sow to the Spirit and not to ourselves. Because Jesus sowed himself as the seed who died and rose to reap new life in us, God has guaranteed that we who have been made alive together with Jesus will bear the fruit of his Spirit who lives in us. Because of Jesus, God will keep his promise that in due season we will reap if we do not give up sowing to the Spirit and not to ourselves. Now, this week, Paul will show us a specific kind of fruit um, that a church who sows to the Spirit will reap. It's the fruit of welcome. So, would you stand with me and hear the word of the God who welcomes us? In Romans 15, 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written... The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Father, (coughs) we long to be that church that lives in harmony with one another because of Jesus, and who then gives you glory in the way that we live life together. And you're doing that in us, and you have been doing that in us for 11 years. And we come as weak, tired, weary, needy people who who ask you and plead with you, keep doing that in us, keep doing that in us. And we ask that even today... Uh, The encouragement from your word, from Paul, um, would help us not to grow weary, not to lose heart, not to give up. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, uh, Christine and I went to Christine's high school reunion this weekend at CCS. Don't you, uh, how many of you just love going to your high school reunion? Okay, there's a few of you out there who who love it. Um, It's an interesting thing, isn't it? When you go to your high school reunion or your college reunion, um, psychologists say that some of the top reasons that people don't want to go to their high school reunion are the fear of not being known or remembered. And in Christine's class of 32, that would be horrible, wouldn't it? Um, Or the concern that they weren't, quote, in a place in life that was impressive enough to show off to others. (laughs) They say your desire to attend your reunion has a lot to do with how you experienced high school in the first place. If you felt welcome in high school, you might have something to look forward to. If you felt unwelcome in high school, why would you want to go relive that all over again? Um, so here, here's a heads up for the current high schoolers in the room, just so that you're with all of us old folks. Adult social life often feels a lot like high school social life. Am I right? I mean, it doesn't seem to stop. Um, sorry. Great news. Um, But if we adults in here were honest with you, we'd confess that everywhere we go, we're wondering who wants me here? And where will I feel welcome? We all want to be welcomed, and we all work for welcome. Listen, when we left high school, we kept asking those questions in every new place. Every new job, every new school, every new relationship. Who wants me here? And where will I feel welcome? True welcome, the kind that opens wide its heart and arms and says, come in, come as you are. You're one of us, and we're going to love you, and we're going to build you up. That kind of welcome that you don't have to work for is rare. It's hard to find. But the Apostle Paul is telling us in Romans 15 this morning, there is one place, there is one group of people with whom you should always know you're welcome and never have to work for it. It's the church. Hmm, Yeah. And the reason Paul wrote these words to this church in Rome is because he's aware that the church does not consistently offer the deepest and truest welcome that we all were made for. But the church does have the opportunity to offer that true welcome. And even more, Paul says, it's the church's obligation to welcome, to to offer that welcome. And that's why Paul reminds them and us this morning Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We didn't read it, but all of chapter 14 that led up up to this statement is about a situation in the church at Rome. Uh, Christians were dividing over a non-essential issue. Um, The Jewish believers were saying that true Christians don't eat meat that has been sacrificed to an idol. And you say, well, how would you ever get such meat? Well, they sold it in the marketplace, in the butcher shop. It would be meat sacrificed to some pagan idol, and then they would sell it at the grocery store. So it would be re- really easy to get that meat, and sometimes that's the only meat you could get. Well, the Jewish Christians were saying, true Christians don't eat that meat. You just eat vegetables. But then the Gentile Christians, the Gentile believers, agreed with Paul that idols aren't real and that all meat is our God's meat. So true Christians, thank God for it and feel free to eat it, like we did last night. But the Gentile believers were apparently flaunting their freedom to eat the meat, considering themselves stronger in the faith. And not having patience or consideration for their weaker brothers and sisters whose sensitive consciences wouldn't let them eat it. And so, that's why Paul said at the beginning of chapter 14, he said this, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. The truth is, Christians can let little things become like a pebble pebble in the shoe of the church. And over time, they can cause a great deal of pain and hinder our walk in the world as a church the people whom God had welcomed were now despising one another and passing judgment on one another. And we all know that churches today can become just like that. Uh, Ray Ortland Jr. says that rather than welcome one another, we, we tend to think we should improve one another, fix one another. Confess one another's sins to one another. Pressure one another. Ignore one another. Avoid one another. Shame one another. And because we do that, Paul pleads with them and he pleads with us, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Paul's saying to the church at Rome what Francis Schaeffer said to the church 50 years ago, he said, if we do not show the beauty of the truth of the gospel in the way we treat each other, then in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of our own children, we are destroying the truth, we proclaim. So, uh, why are you bringing this passage to us this morning, Jimmy? Do you, do you believe we're not a welcoming church? Hopefully, that's what I've made you think so far, that you're wondering Why in the world is he preaching this to us? We're a welcoming church. What are you talking about? Well, of course we're a welcoming church. We are. We we are an amazingly welcoming church. And so I'm not bringing this to us this morning to scold us and say, be more welcoming. I'm bringing this to us because we are a welcoming church, not perfectly, but we are consistently. It's what we've been for 11 years and will be for generations to come. Fellowship is in our name, yes, but it's also in our DNA. So Mountain Fellowship, you are a welcoming church. In fact, here's, here's two ways that Mountain Fellowship has been a welcoming church just this week. Um, The Brethren of the Hammer became the Brethren of the Smoker uh, this week, and uh, they have continued their longstanding ministry of welcome to those who are struggling to feed themselves in our community. Uh, They're showing the welcome of Jesus to the hungry. They spent two days smoking and pulling over 500 pounds of meat for this fundraiser yesterday. Many of you came out to support the cause. Many of you serve in that ministry. Um, We're a welcoming church. We welcome our neighbors in that way. Uh, But also yesterday, there was another feast that took place. I didn't get permission to share this with you, but I'm going to. Um, There's another feast that took place. We have a group of young men and women in our church who faithfully serve to set up and run our sound and video and live stream every week so that you and I will hear and know the welcome of Jesus every Sunday morning. The Hamels, the Snows, the Cooks, Rachel Parker. I hope I'm not missing anybody, but those... Young people, the next generation of Mountain Fellowship, are serving so that we will know the welcome of Jesus and we have the opportunity to share it with others. Well, Eric and Sarah Parker yesterday had those folks and all their families over to their place and uh, hosted a feast for them to honor them. And so here's Eric and Sarah welcoming, embracing the next generation in our church by honoring them. Listen to what they ate. Two racks of St. Louis pork ribs, nine hamburgers, five hot dogs, four lemon pepper chicken breasts, 24 dry rub smoked wings, one gallon of grilled okra, five pounds of roasted potatoes and onions, 30 jalapeno poppers, slaw and chips. And now you're all saying, hurry up and finish so we can go eat. Um, Romans 12.10 says outdo one another in showing honor. The only competitive thing that should be in the church is we're going to outdo one another in showing honor to one another, and that's what Eric and Sarah did for these young folks yesterday. They outdid themselves in showing honor to them. So I am not saying we're not a welcoming church, but I am bringing this to us this morning At this time in our history together to say, since this is who we are in Jesus, let us not grow weary in doing the good of welcoming. For in due season, if we keep resting in the welcome we have in Jesus, we will reap welcome on this mountain if we do not give up. There are people on Signal Mountain who are weak in body and spirit and seek strength who are weary and desire rest, who struggle and seek victory, who mourn and long for comfort. There are people on Signal Mountain who sin and need a savior, who feel like strangers and seek love and fellowship, who in the core of who they are, hunger and thirst for true welcome. But everywhere they turn, there are no arms wide enough or deep enough to give them the welcome they want and work for. And Paul is reminding us this morning that we have that welcome. We have those arms to offer. We have been welcomed into the widest arms and the deepest heart. We've been welcomed into Jesus. And Jesus does not simply accept or tolerate us. That's not what welcome is. You can accept what someone and still ignore them. You can tolerate their presence without inviting them into yours. That's not what Jesus is doing. This is, this is something deeper than acceptance and tolerance. The word welcome in Romans 15 means to take to oneself all the way in. And Paul said that this Jesus is the one who said to his father, the reproaches of those who reproached you are upon me. Those reproaches have fallen on me. And what does that mean? Jesus was saying, Father, all those who rejected you and would not welcome you, who refused you and became your enemies, I have taken your judgment for all of their reproaches against you upon myself so that they could know your welcome and not your rejection. On the cross, I became unwelcome to you for them so that they could be welcomed by you for your glory. And so, friends, because he took us and our reproaches against God to himself, Jesus is the answer to our questions, who wants me and where will I feel welcome? When we were weak in body and spirit, Jesus took took us to himself and became stricken, smitten of God and afflicted and wounded for us. And now we have his strength. When we were weary, Jesus took us to himself and out of the anguish of his soul, he poured out his soul to death and became weary in our place so that we could have his rest. Even now, when we struggle and seek victory, we can know in his trials and temptations, Jesus took, him, took us to himself. And now in him, we have his victory over Satan, over our sin, and one day, thank God, over our suffering. When we mourn and long for comfort, we look to our Jesus who cried out to his Father in distress in the garden and on the cross and took us to himself. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows so that we now know the welcome arms of the one who is called the God of all comfort. When we sin and need a Savior, when we feel like strangers and seek Love and fellowship, when we hunger and thirst for true welcome, we have all this and more in the wide open arms and heart of Jesus. So Mountain Fellowship, as we move forward in the days and months ahead, let us remember what Paul tells us here. We have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let us, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up for Christ did not come to please himself but welcomed us when we had told God that he was unwelcome. And where will we find the endurance and encouragement to help us reap this fruit of welcome on this mountain and beyond? Verses four to six. Paul says, for whatever was written in former days, was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, this is what Paul is saying the God of endurance and encouragement, gave us the written story of his welcome through Jesus so that it would give us hope and not just give us hope, but that it would shape us to be a church who will continue to put the glory of his welcome on display in the way that we welcome one another. So, you can keep praying, Mountain Fellowship. Keep praying that we will continue to do What we've been put here to do, we've been put here to preach the welcome of Jesus and to practice the welcome of Jesus. That's what we're going to keep doing. But only by his spirit. When I was in third grade, we moved to a new city, and uh, I started at a new school. And I felt out of place. I was the new kid. And I was longing for welcome. But one day, I came face to face with unwelcome. I was in the boys' bathroom, washing my hands, when a kid, whom I'll call Donnie, came in. For reasons unknown to me, Donnie grabbed me by the front of my shirt and pushed me up against the wall, and he... Pulled back his fist like an arrow in a a bow ready to launch a punch into my face. And I remember it now like it's in slow motion. And in my fear, all I could think to say was, "Hey, Hey, Donnie, what are you doing? Why can't we just be friends? And Donnie looked puzzled. And as the anger let go of his heart he let go of my shirt. He stepped back and he put out his hand and he said, okay, let's be friends. And we were. You see, Donnie was working for his own welcome. He was rejecting anyone who might threaten his place in his friend group. Perhaps this new kid was going to displace him. He was trying to protect his own place by putting me in mine. Using his strength against someone he perceived was weak in order to please himself. Now, I am no hero. I'm not the hero of that story. Because I did not offer friendship to Donnie out of love. But out of absolute abject fear. (laughs) It was self-protective of me to do that. But in our story, we're Donnie, and Jesus is the hero. When we, his real enemies, who, whom he had caused to be in enemies with, when we had him pressed against his cross, he spread wide his hands with welcome and said with his own blood, you don't know what you're doing but your rejection of my Father and me will bring our welcome to all who will admit they're weak and will receive it. What I'm doing for you will make you my friend. Mountain Fellowship, we're the friends of Jesus. And we will never, ever, ever wear out his welcome. So let us not grow weary in giving his welcome to one another and to the people in our houses, in our jobs, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And God will get the glory. Father, That's the kind of church we we are, I believe, and that we long to continue to be. Um, But in order to do that, we're going to have to keep preaching your welcome. And out of the welcome you have given us, keep practicing your welcome. So would you do that in us by your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Even now.